Good morning. Happy Friday. It's the 26th of February. This is episode 207 of Back from the Brink. I'm Todd Brinker, and Aaron Brinker will be joining us shortly. We are the Brinkers. We are related by marriage. So, um... Stuff going on in the world. Marjorie Taylor Greene faces backlash after attacking Congresswoman with transgender daughter. That's the headline. Now, of course, my little twisted mind says, why would she pick up this poor daughter and use her as a weapon to attack somebody? But, um, uh, you know, this is just a poorly written headline. So, you know, attacking somebody... Is she attacking her because she has a transgender daughter? That's the implication, but it doesn't really say that. It says she attacks her with the daughter or that she has a daughter. And because she has a daughter, she's being attacked or is she being attacked and she happens to have a transgender daughter? I don't know. But she's attacking and she's Marjorie Taylor Greene. Why is she attacking? Hmm. You know what? I'm not actually engaged enough or or don't care based on that headline to click on it. Sorry, USA Today. It's just not that intriguing to me. Now, Prince Harry says toxic British media drove him and Meghan to a royal family exit. Okay, so the reason that they left the royal family's official duties, I mean, they're still part of the family. It's still mom and pop and grandma and grandpa. Um, uh, Well, mom isn't around anymore, right? So it's stepmom and pop. Um is because the British media drove him to it. Now, you know, you got to feel for the guy because his mother was essentially killed by the British media. Um, You know, I mean, they literally, she was trying to make a getaway in a car and they were hounding her and the guy driving the car crashed um, and cost her her life. Uh, So I would imagine that he and his brother are both incredibly sensitive to the British media um, uh, hounding them. And, uh, you know, I, I don't blame them one bit for saying, hey, I, I, I want none of this, you know, especially in, now that his brother has had several kids. So he is now multiple steps away from uh, being next in line. He, it, it seems like it's, uh, you know, pretty straightforward that he, you know, he's like, OK, well, you know, the country isn't relying on me to eventually be king. So, um, yeah, I'm out and I don't blame him. I, you know, I, it's that seems like the. The um, the UK press can be pretty brutal. Um, you know, we think our our press here is brutal, and ours has gotten to be a lot more like theirs. You know, I, I I've often said, you know, hey, I wouldn't mind winning lots of money, but I certainly don't want to be uh, too famous because you know you just become a target. You can't live a life. You have to live behind closed gates, and there's people who will stalk you. And this, you know, it's just in today's world where too much information leaks out about everybody. You know, there's enough, you know, and, and instant news and everything's online that, that, you know, if somebody's a little off kilter, if they're, if they're, if their brain is not quite functioning in a normal way and they become obsessed with you, they can find you and start tracking you down. And, you know, how many times have we heard about, uh, uh, restraining, restraining orders being given to television personalities and, uh, and movie personalities because they come home and this person is like laying on their lawn or has broken into their house or, you know, and, and occasionally it turns incredibly tragic and people die. So, um, yeah, I, I, I get the desire to move away from that. Although unfortunately, because of both who he is and who his wife is, um, you know, they're going to have to deal with security around them always because, there's just, you know, people are going to track them down and, and, and hound them. Um, so, yeah, not a life I would love to have. Um, so, uh, let's see. 
Putin's critic Alexei Nelvani has been transferred to a penal colony, Russian prison service says. This is the guy who is a uh, uh, had been uh, apparently poisoned and then went to the U.K. for, or well, to Germany for a while, and then I think even the U.K. to uh, basically survive. And uh, And it's fairly clear that he was poisoned by Russian authorities to shut him up. And... Uh, and then he went back to Russia to lead the fight against injustice. And what did they do? They gave him a kangaroo court, threw him in jail, and now sent him to a penal colony. And, uh, and you know, if we hear from him again, if we hear from him again, it'll be, you know, little bits and pieces that he can sneak out. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll see. We shall see uh, what comes of all of that. Um, so, yeah. So Angela Merkel says she won't take AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine. She, uh, uh, I don't know, was it because it's, oh, she's too old and uh, she won't take it because she's too old as 1.4 million jabs. Oh, I love head, headline writers as 1.4 million jabs are left unused. That's a medical term, jabs. <laughs> Apparently, there's a lot of doses that are not being used in Germany. I don't know. Uh, uh, so, yeah, she says she's too old. Vaccine has only been approved for under 65s in Germany, and Merkel is 66. So, well, you know what? If there's a law doing that and you're the head law person, uh, she's chancellor, uh, then you need to set an example and say, well, if we're doing it up to age 65 and I'm 66, then I don't get one just because I'm you know, an important person within the country doesn't mean that I get to flout the rules. You have to, you know, lead by example, right? Uh, and yay to Germany for, you know, actually electing people who aren't in their 80s and 90s. Um, <laughs> something we could probably, uh, you know, think about here. Back here at home. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, oh, here's Aaron. I hear it. I hear it. Let me see if I can get it. Here she is. Hey there. Sorry, it took me a second. Just like I didn't, the, the little thing that pops up that says you're calling didn't call, but I could, I, in the background, off in the distance, I could hear the 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 little uh, Skype ding, 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 when you're calling. And I'm like, where is it? Where is it? Where's the button? So I had to look around on my screen. So I was just talking about Angela Merkel has said that she won't take the AstraZeneca COVID vaccine because she's too old. Apparently in Germany, they have a policy or a rule or a law or I don't know exactly. But anyway, they're they're basically the approved people are up to age 65 and she's 66. And so she said she's going to be an example of following the rules and she won't take the vaccine until they expand it out to, you know, a category that she fits in. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to me that they're doing like under 65 here. We're doing it up, you know, uh, 65 and over. Get it. Yeah, I don't know the thought process behind, you know, here the thought process is, is that people 65 and older have a higher chance of having a bad COVID uh, reaction if they actually catch the, the, the virus and so give them the vaccine. Um, you know, uh, I'm not sure what Germany's thoughts are in terms of why they're not giving it to people over 65. I mean, because they're old and they're going to die anyway or something. I mean, what's the... <laughs> 
I'm sorry, you said that you're sure what? Oh. I'm sure there is. I'm just curious what it is. Yeah, I'll have to do a little search for that. But, uh, you know, with the, of course, I was laughing at the headline because the headline writers always do, I mean, silly stuff. Just Merkel says she won't take AstraZeneca COVID vaccine. And that's the first thing you go. And it's like, okay, uh, because she's too old. You know, as 1.4 million jabs are left unused. And I went, jabs? Is that a medical term? <laughs> Who writes these things? I mean, they've already got a headline that's like three feet long because they've got, you know, almost three sentences in this thing. <laughs> you know, Merkel says she won't take AstraZeneca because she's too old. The jab's unused. <sighs> that's a bad headline. Whoever wrote that headline just did a bad job. And jabs? Come on. Doses? <laughs> I mean, come on. Something that, that, that jabs. Right. If you have a fear of, of needles, that's not going to help you. Um, but, yeah, anyway, I, I don't know. I'm just curious. I'll have to do a little research and see why the Germans aren't giving it to uh, are giving it to the younger folk first as opposed to the older folk and exactly what that is. I mean, are they giving it to people between the ages of 63 and a half and 60, 65? I mean, you know, what is the, win- what is the window? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's some study somewhere that said something about somebody got it some way, and they're going to go, okay, that's the way we're going to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. My parents have. They have, and in fact, they have gotten their uh, second one, I believe, uh, already. Or if they haven't, they're they're soon to get their second, second dose. Uh, but yes. They have been at it a while. And uh, my wife, as a teacher, is has an appointment to get her first dose uh, next week. Um, I have been searching and have been unable to get a an appointment to get a dose. And as somebody who works with children and in, in a school environment, I, I am eligible. I'm not yet 65, so I'm not eligible in that way, but I fit a category. And so I'm looking and looking and looking. And every time I look online to anything that says anywhere, it's always like we're, we don't have any appointments available. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, Savon has, has, has been offering them for a while through the Savon drugs, which are yeah, which are in most uh, Albertsons. But again, you have to have an appointment to go get it, and most of the appointments have been booked because there just has. I un- excuse me. I understand that in the next week or so, we're going to see a lot more vaccines become available because the second, you know, or third or whatever number bat. There's a bunch of batches that are basically becoming available because it takes between a ninety and hundred and twenty days to make a batch of this stuff. So it's not like they just can crank it out in an afternoon. It, it they actually have to like grow parts of it, you know, and so. Uh, you know, massive commercial size Petri dishes, you know? So, and I have visions of these giant round, like swimming pool things that are three inches deep with like mold growing on it. You know, it's like, yes, we have a field of mold that we're growing here, Mwah-ah-ah. which isn't how they do it at all. But, you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, my brain can't have fun with that stuff because why not? Infant toddler success. Infant is in the name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to go ahead and get it because, you know, although I am coaching in an outdoor environment primarily, you know, and, and I'm interacting with people outside wearing a mask, you know, and, and they're in a chlorinated pool at my you know ankle height because I stand on a pool deck and they're in the water. Um, you know, I, I think that's a relatively safe environment. But, uh, you know, eventually, hopefully we will have some competitions and I will have to interact with them more, you know, face to face, the kids that I coach. And, uh, you know, I think better safe than sorry. Um, um, I know that uh, it was suggested that in order to deal with logistics of getting people to a pool that I drop my car somewhere, Uber back to the school and then ride, you know, in a, bringing kids to the uh, facility. And I'm like, I'm not Ubering. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not get, I don't I don't know who was in that car with that person. I don't know where that person has been. I'm not getting even with a mask. I'm not getting in an enclosed environment for an extended period of time with somebody who I don't know and don't you know have no reason to trust or mistrust. I just don't know. Um, you know, I think that's a risk that, that I'm not going to take. So, uh, you know, like, yeah, thanks for the suggestion. I'm not doing that. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like anybody else is welcome to do if they want to, but I ain't going to do it. So, yeah. So hopefully we'll see, uh, some, um, you know, headway as it becomes more and more available that they'll open it up to more and more categories of people as well. So, so uh, we didn't mention it today, but uh, Lakers are playing again tonight. Let's hope that they score more than, you know, three or four points apiece tonight. Eh. <laughs> On the positive side, the Clippers lost yesterday, too. So so uh, they have not lengthened their lead in the standings. So, yeah, and you're going, yeah, you know, all right, round ball, I get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't care. I know you don't care. There's a long pause at your end going, how do I react to this? Because I don't care. <laughs> I can I can hear the gears grinding while you're driving going, eh, I don't care. No, we're not. <laughs> yeah, you can cheer for whoever you want to cheer. You want to cheer for a clipper, then you have the right to be wrong. There's freedom of speech in America. As John Kerry said, you have the right to be stupid. <laughs> okay. If that's your thought process, you do that. You be you. <laughs> I know you don't. I know you don't. Which is funny. It's you know, it's 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 like, you know, the fact that we're even having this conversation is like, oh, we brought it I brought it up because I care. You know, and I care. I mean, I care like it's not I'm not one of those fans who who I mean, I you know, I joke about going into a funk when my team doesn't win. And yeah, I mean, I wish they would win. I'm more happy with, you know, I enjoy watching them play well and win. But I mean, if if the the Lakers, you know, bombed out, I'd still be there there you know, a fan. I mean, I enjoy watching their games and you know, it's just, I mean, we've had, you know, basically a decade between when, when Kobe quit playing and, and, uh, till last year where the team was not really very good. Um, um, it was like, yeah, actually it was before Kobe quit playing the last couple of years of Kobe playing, they weren't very good. Um, you know, so yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, in, in, when it's, you know, football, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a Green Bay Packer fan, have been for years. 
and there were many many years where they were like you know they were they were pretty awful um you know and then we got Brett Favre and we were moderately good and even won a Super Bowl you know and then we got Aaron Rodgers and we've been pretty good and won a Super Bowl um but you know you, you if you're a fan you're a fan through thick and thin as my is my feeling and of course you know, if you're a fan of the Clippers, then you're a fan of Thin and Thin because they, they've never had much success. But that's true. Yeah, yeah, you know about the thick and the thin. Now, they, hey, they've had some heydays, let me tell you. The Cowboys have had some, some real heydays. Yeah, it's been, what, 23, 24 years since they last had a championship, though. So, yeah, it's been a stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's because their owner fired their good coaches because he can't stand the idea of having a coach that actually gets credit for coaching. And so, so, yeah. How many championships had would they won if Jimmy Johnson had stayed as their coach? You know, and I and I know um, the Oklahoma coach was his name uh, Spitzer Barry Barry Spitzer Switzer. Thank you, Switzer won one as a Cowboy coach too, but he basically was just you know, on the coattails of, of the team that had been put together by his predecessor. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, I I don't give him a lot of credit for, for, uh, you know, I mean, you still have to coach and you still have to manage and yeah, but I just, you know, I, I think there's a, an asterisk next to his, his championship because he, he was, you know, coaching the team that Jimmy Johnson basically assembled and, and drove to the championships. So, um, but yeah, yeah, you know, sometimes you just can't get out of your own way. We all been there, though. You know, we all have our own little myopias about different things, right? And and other people look at it and go, "Why are you doing that?" And you sometimes, sometimes if you're lucky, you can step back and go, "I don't know." Good question, and you can rethink it. Other times, you just march on your merry way, not blissfully unaware of your own. Uh, yeah, exactly, because <laughs> that's how it's done, man. So I learned it. I taught my kids. You know, it's like, how do you brush your teeth? Watch somebody else do something once in a while. It's fun. It's interesting, you know, as as somebody who who spent some time doing technical support with computers, I have always found it fascinating to sit and watch somebody else do something on a computer and how they do it. Because uh, by their design, there's many ways to get things done with most applications these days. They're very complex. You know, it's not like there's you have to do this, then this, then this. You know, you can you can do a keyboard thing. You can click with your mouse. You can do. There's different ways to get things done. There's different ways of organizing the desktop on your computer so your screen is set up differently. And I find it endlessly fascinating to watch people do it. Um, although it's also incredibly frustrating because sometimes I watch people do things and it's like. Do you know that you're taking about 47 steps to do something if you just did hold this key and click you could do it and you're and they're like <gasps> and you can change somebody's life <laughs> but <laughs> and 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 then once in a while you'll tell them something like that and they'll look at you and go that's not how I do it and and they go right on doing it the way they were doing it and you're like oh my goodness yeah yeah yeah. I mean, one simple thing that just drives me batty, and I know people who still do this, is when they're using a word processor, they use it like a typewriter. They literally, like when they want to fix something, they back up and erase everything they typed and retype it and then keep on going. And it's like, seriously? You know you can just go over there and click and change that, right? 
or you can just type the whole thing out and then do a spell, you know, do your go through and do all your spelling corrections after the fact. You don't have to, you know, everything doesn't have to have happen sequentially in real life, you know, real time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and higher end word processors have have not only spell check, but grammar check built into them. I mean, it's uh, and it might be licensed from Grammarly, but I mean, it's there are so many ways to do it that take advantage of the computer that make the whole writing process less prone to human error <laughs> and less cumbersome. And and if you use, you know, if you use this fantastic machine in front of you like a mechanical typewriter, you're sort of defeating the whole vision of, of all of that. So, um you know, you're kind of missing the whole point. And, yeah. Well, even the Commodore VIC-20 was better than a, than a, a royal typewriter. You know, and, and uh, um, you know, I, I have watched people. I've sat and watched people typing like, you know, like you want to put spaces in something instead of setting your tab lines and hitting the tab. You go tap, 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 tap on the space bar to space things over. But you know they you know but you don't realize that you're not using uh, monospaced fonts, and so each character has its own individual font width, and so doing tap 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 on the space bar buys you nothing, and, and and if you change the font, it screws up all of your alignment, and it's like oh my goodness, could you just uh, use the tools? <laughs> That's like using a screwdriver as a hammer. You know, you want to beat something, use a hammer, not a screwdriver. <laughs> but. Mhm. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's like, you know, if you if you've used a hammer your entire life and you go thump 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 and then suddenly you don't have a hammer and somebody hands you a screwdriver, you take the screwdriver and you go thump 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 with the screwdriver and from your perspective, they just handed you a crappy hammer because that's what you do is you hammer, you know, and they handed you one that doesn't do a very good job of it, but you'll use it because that's what you got. And, you know, and so they just don't know better. They don't know that 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 this tool does things differently. And so, you know, it just takes a little bit of time to educate them and, and show them how to to do things better. Um, you know, how to how to properly use the tool to take advantage of it. And uh, and a lot of times, you know, I always love the, the responses. I don't have time to learn how to do it right. I'm like, well, if you learn how to do it right, you'd have some time because <laughs> you're wasting a lot of time. I used to get that a lot when I was working for newspapers as a support person. It's like, well, I don't have time for you to show me how to do it. I'm like, um, if you take time for me to show you how to do it, I could save you enough time that you could probably have some time to do other things. Because you're wasting so much time by doing it this so cumbersomely, so um, you know. And what's nice in that in that particular situation is um, we were writing what were called macros, and essentially they were just like uh, little automation programs. So you know, if there's something you do a lot of, let me write a macro for you so that I can customize it to you. So instead of manually aligning all of this information into columns, you can type all this information in, hit a command key, call up your macro, and it'll align them all for you. Uh, how much faster could you go then? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, well, when are you going to have time for that? Never. <laughs> okay. You be you. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. But you can have fun ranting about it because that in itself can be entertaining. Not necessarily for anybody around you, but it can be fun for you. Or, or flip it around. Sometimes it's not necessarily fun for you, but it's fun for everybody around you watching you, you know, pull your hair out and blow steam out of your ears. <laughs> right. Right. And all the teachers and all the teachers unions went, uh, squeeze me? <laughs> what? You you want us to be out in public in spaces unprotected? What? We don't think so. Yeah, little runny nose little yeah you know it's funny too because they go back to i think they need to quit talking about schools as this monolithic thing you know uh the cdc put together some some outlines as to what needs to happen in classrooms to make them more safe so so different schools can do that differently but that needs to be taken into account and then it's very different between kindergarten fifth grade middle school and high school the the way that the they, people move around within the space is very different and they need to say well maybe we send back you know, K through five or K through six, and then middle school and high school, we hold off for a while because they're more capable of doing things online anyway, uh, generally speaking. Um, you know, or, you know, I mean, we just need to maybe find some balance there. You know, we need to think about that and say that, you know, school is not a monolithic thing. It's different. Certainly, there are some special needs kids who need to be in, you know, face to face with their teachers. They, you know, they, they're, they are, are not getting anything done. Um, in some cases, it's very difficult for some of those kids to, to get uh, any kind of education remotely. Um, but Yeah. Realize inoculation means get your first shot, wait three or four weeks, depending on whether, which one you got, then get your second shot, wait two more weeks, and then you're fully covered. So you're looking at five to six weeks from when you get your, uh, your vaccine uh, to when you're actually protected. 
at which point we'll be into summer. <laughs> some. Some. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen that commercial like uh, uh, sort of versus I know? <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, I, I think these are parachutes as they jump out of the airplane wearing, you know, kids backpacks from lunch. And you know, it's it's sort of like a parachute. <laughs> There's a commercial on right now. I don't remember what it is they're selling even. But, uh, you know, and the point is, no, for sure. Don't think sort of. Um, but, yeah, you know, we'll see. Um, I think, that, uh, yeah, I mean, to me, it's like they should have started this weeks ago. If they really wanted schools to go back, this is something that should have been a priority from from the get go. Um, you know. Yeah, but kudos for them getting on it now. Finally, I mean, you know, good, good. As as spouses of of teachers, you and I have a vested interest in making sure that they remain alive and with us, and so uh, um, a very personal interest in that. And so, uh, yeah, I, I don't want uh, I don't want my wife and my brother to be uh, at risk any more than they have to be. So. Um, so, uh, security researcher has recommended against LastPass uh, for two reasons. One, they've detailed seven different trackers within the application. Now, Last LastPass is one of those apps where you you may basically have a password to get into the app, and then it keeps all your passwords for all your websites and and everything you log into, and and uh, you know it's it's a secure locker for passwords, and it generates very complex encrypted passwords. Uh, and it works again uh, on Windows, Mac, Android, iOS. There's versions of it that run all over the place, even on your Apple Watch. Um, and uh, and so a lot of people use these kind of password lockers because uh, that way you can you you know you create passwords that are difficult for people to hack into for online access, which is a smart thing to do. And I actually recommend that people use a password manager. And LastPass is one of the two that has been most recommended in the past but uh, the other reason that they um, uh, mentioned it or, or talked down is that they have announced that starting uh, I think next month that their free tier because LastPass has a tier that is absolutely free was going to be severely limited in functionality to the point where it was almost not usable and you were going to have to pay for it and uh, frankly I think you know a piece of software that's that important that you're entrusting with your access to everything uh is something you probably should pay for. But the fact that it has seven different trackers in it makes me very uncomfortable, which also means that in their their free alternative that they are funding it by selling information about you, which is very unnerving. Right. Point taken. But it, the free the trackers are in the free version because that's how they were funding the free version. Um Okay, so RoboForm and Dashlane um uh and uh uh, uh, have four trackers built into them. They are also alternative apps. Bitwarden is another well-known one. It has two trackers, and one password has none. I have been a... They don't. They used to. They don't anymore. They did away with it and said, you know, if you want us to be able to maintain and create an app that's usable and works for you, then uh, they went to a, um, a subscription 
uh, model. And so you have to pay either uh, monthly or annually. And I think it's worth every dime. Um, you know, when you want quality stuff, the, the programmers, the developers have to have some way of living. They can't just write this stuff on the side for fun. Um, and so, um, uh, and they have to respond to any kind of, you know, security issues with their software, which means they have to be, you know, managing that code and stay on top of it. Paying them to do that is not a bad thing. And I, I've been a one password fan and user for a long time. And that's the one that I have recommended to people for quite a while. Um, but I know that um, LastPass has advertised on a lot of um, uh, podcasts and online forums as as a um, alternative. And uh, a few years ago, they were bought out by a larger company. And there was some concern at that time as to whether or not that would have an effect on them. And initially it didn't, but clearly it has now because... Uh, you know they're they're changing what you get in their free software, and they've got trackers embedded in it, which is just horrifying to think that that you know that's how they're making their money is selling info about you. One more company doing something like that is just tacky. Um, but I'm happy to say, One Password has none. They make their money by charging you for the work they do, which is you know straightforward. I appreciate that. Thank you very much, One Password. Yeah. Especially for something that, you know, has all of your passwords, you know, access to your bank account, access to all of your social media accounts. Actually, you know, this is a company who's protecting that stuff for you. Paying them a little bit to do that is not a uh, bad idea. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah. So if you're a LastPass user, be aware of that. Um, and uh, certainly if you are pay for the premium access, don't use the free because the free tracks you. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen... Yeah, if it's built into the... Right. Yeah, I agree. It's... Uh, it's um, If it's built in, you know, in the code, who's to say it's not turned on? So, yeah. So at one time, LastPass was an open security model. So it was um, uh, anybody could see the code and see how it was designed so you could verify that it was uh, truly secure. But I don't think that's the case anymore because, like I said, they got bought out. And uh, Right. Well, the idea being that open source stuff, you know, that there are ways to create things that are open source that the code itself is, you know, you can look at it, but anytime there was any kind of holes in the code that would then make it easy to crack into would be uh, plugged immediately so that it was maintained and kept safe and secure. Um, and there are ways to, you know, just to encrypt things that, that just because you know how the code is written, it doesn't mean you know how to decrypt it because uh, of how the code was written. You follow what I'm saying? Um, and so there are some people who feel that, that uh, open source software is actually more secure because of that, because there's no shenanigans going on. They certainly couldn't have put these embedded trackers into an open, when it was open source without people losing their mind. So uh, you would have known about this much quicker. So. Yeah. LogMeIn is the company that acquired uh, LastPass for $110 million. 
and uh, they're a software cloud-based remote work tools collaboration and IT management software in Boston. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read about this yesterday. Yeah. They announced, uh, was it 25 or something like that? Maybe it was more or less, but it was roughly 25 um, different charges against him earlier that day saying that, you know, here's the things that we, we're going to charge this man with because he's done some bad stuff. And he, rather than facing up to that, decided to take his own life, um, which in itself is sad, but is also sort of an admission of guilt, I think. Um, or perhaps it's maybe, you know, he, maybe it isn't. Maybe I shouldn't assume that. Maybe it's, um, oh, my gosh, I've been accused of this horrible thing, and, and how, how am I ever going to live this down? My career and my life are destroyed. And, and that, you know, Either way, it's, it's just a sad story all the way around. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I when I hear about coaches, I mean, the physical abuse obviously is horrible, but I mean, verbally abusing people. I mean, you know, I've seen coaches who are coaching and they, they're incredibly intense. And sometimes, you know, I would say, I, you know, certainly not the way I would go about coaching. If you can't control yourself, how on earth are you modeling good behavior for your athletes? Um, but, um, you know, the uh, to to watch people coach like that, you know, I, I think there's a fine line there, but, you know, some people maybe shouldn't be coaching if you can't control yourself, if you get so emotionally engaged as a coach that you're, you know, screaming and shouting and yelling. And I've seen some, some otherwise pretty good coaches lose their jobs because of that, you know, and that's, you know, without like any kind of physical abuse or anything, just screaming and yelling at people. Um, you know, it's just there's better ways to do it. There's better ways to coach. You know, there's ways to positively reinforce your athletes and inspire them to do great things. And, uh, you know, and I mean, I've had experience coaching, you know, national level athletes and and as well as people who are just novices to sport of any kind, much less just to my sport. And, uh, you know, and you can do that being positive and being supportive and and working with them to make them you know better at what they're trying to do you don't have to scream and yell and shout and for heaven's sake you don't need to you know physically abuse anybody ever um you know it just it it, it breaks my heart when i hear about coaches that have have um uh abused that coach athlete relationship I would argue that that's a falsehood, that I, I think nobody really does better when they're being screamed at. 
you know, they may use that as an excuse. But right. I would think that, you know, because it certainly it happens, you know, you've seen it happen. But I would say that that's just a cop out on the part of the athlete and of the coach saying, you know, well, that's what I need. No, that's just you're tolerating it. That's what you've been used to. That's what you've been programmed to do. And that you can be everything you want to be without that. You don't need that in your life. You know, now that doesn't mean that you don't, you know, as a coach that you're not shouting and yelling to be heard. But it's what you're shouting and yelling and the tone of what you're shouting and yelling and how you're going about it. You know, Uh and again, I speak from somebody who's, you know, it's not like I, I haven't had any coaching experience. I've been coaching for 30 years and I've coached people of every level. And, um, uh, you know, that's that's not my makeup. That's not how I work. Doesn't mean I don't shout. Doesn't mean I've never lost my temper. Um, you know, I remember one time very vividly at a at a at a meet where uh, uh, we had a chance to to do quite well, and I had a swimmer who got too excited and false started and disqualified a relay. You know, I had a swimmer at a championship meet have the worst swim of their life, and 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 they were you know seated like fourth and ended up sixteenth, and it cost the team a championship. I, I mean, I've I've seen I've had disappointment and frustration, you know. And I think the worst I've ever done is take my stopwatch and throw it at my chair and go, crap, you know. <laughs> and then I turn around and talk to the kids and I say, you know, that's okay. We got more swimming to do. Let's get our let's get our head in the game and let's you know, get back focus on what we're doing. We can't change the past. Yeah, yeah. You know, we can't change what happened. It already has happened. So let's focus on what what we're going to do next. You know, and and to their credit, both those swimmers came back and had phenomenal meets. You know, worked hard because. They realized that they let themselves and they let the team down and they went, okay, I'm going to go forward from here, you know, and I didn't have to go and yell at them and tell them that they knew, you know, so I told them what they needed to focus on to not let it happen the next time to come back. Let's bounce back. Let's be better than that. And, uh, and, and, you know, coaching can do that. Coaching can be amazing and supportive and, 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 uh, and, and phenomenally fulfilling for the athlete and the coach, um, you just don't need to be screaming and yelling at people and calling them names and telling them how they failed and how they let everybody down. That doesn't help anybody. Yeah, they know it. They feel it. They feel it, you know, in in fact, that they feel it in an overwhelming sense. They feel, you know, they're crushed. You as a coach need to get them ready to go back out and, and keep fighting because it's not over yet, you know. And if it is over, then there's another meet coming up, you know, in the next season. And so you, you've got to get them their head in the game and get them ready and help them do that and get past it. You know, because the past is past. I mean, even if it was, you know, two minutes ago, it's past. You can't go back and change that. Time flows one way, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, and, you know, and good coaches realize that. So. Well, you see it there when you get off the freeway, the big building right there at the bottom, huh? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's a great thing to share with people. 
Um, take advantage of that if you need it. And if you don't need it, you can come help. <laughs> yeah. Volunteers, donations, you know, if you're doing well, help a hand, lend a hand to somebody else. And if you're struggling, accept somebody else's hand, you know. Sometimes it's good to say thank you and, and, and take a little help so you can pass it on later. So, um, so great way to end it today. Great way to end it. Positive note. Appreciate that. So um, thanks for joining us today. Um, have a wonderful weekend. We will be back on Monday. I'm Todd Brinker. Thank you.